0: that
1: it is time for faith and life to connect here on the new shine fm and on the podcast network at ShineFMOhio.com. i am scott here with tom from here at his christian counseling ministries and today we are tackling twisted thinking
0: on the yes. session yes this should be interesting have you untwisted a passage for us today Well, oh, hey scott yeah i did and what one of the blessings about scripture is it's not twisted they're exactly right out of first peter five eight Be sober-minded and be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. That's where the enemy attacks. Right. is on the battlefield of the mind. Well, when our thinking, as the old saying goes, starts stinking, the enemy uses that to begin to try and deceive us and, and to distance us from our God. So we do not want twisted
1: thinking. Right. We don't want stinking thinking. Right. Try to say that three times (laughs) fast. Welcome to Welcome to Radio World (laughs) 101. So yeah, welcome in. We want to start out in front of this saying, this is going to take a couple of weeks. Definitely. Yeah. (laughs) As we're looking at five pages of notes from Dr. David Burns. First of all, we're going to cover a checklist of cognitive distortions. In other words... We're going to talk about 10 ways that you are twisting your thinking, or yes. you might be, and you get to pick your favorites. Right. Then we're going to unpack 10 ways to untwist your twisted thinking. So it's going to take us a couple of weeks to work through that. Listen today and write down your, your one, the ones that get you. Yeah. And then next week, we'll cover through these again, and we'll see. Then you can decide which ones of those
0: fit you. Yeah, the way to untwist your thinking. The way to have healthier thinking next week. Not stinking thinking. Right. We'll clean up the stink in your thinking. <laughs> oh, my. You sure You sure we
1: want to go through this? <laughs> we already have some distorted thinking going on, Scott. <laughs> so let's get started with... Our checklist of cognitive distortions. I feel like I should sit up straight and say that with an English accent. That's true, Scott. For a big Ten education, you said that rather well. I did that okay. Let's let's put it in Scotty's terms. Okay. A checklist of twisted thinking.
0: That's true. And so here's number one. All or nothing thinking. We either, it's all the time or I never. So it could be, this is always a problem or I never get it right. I can see where that would be a problem. Yes, definitely. No no allowance for gray area. Right. Okay. There's a common theme, Scott, we're going to see as we go through all of these, is that there's a person being disrespected and spoken in an unhealthy manner to that happens to be the speaker, whoever's saying it. They're not treating themselves very well. And this is stuff that we are saying to ourselves. Exactly. Okay.
1: And you and I have had conversations on this show about how I talk to myself. That's right, son. So, yeah, thanks for creating a show just for me. <laughs> uh. <laughs> all right, so number one, all or nothing thinking. Right. Number two, overgeneralization.
0: Well, and so, Scott, here, you view a negative event as a never-ending pattern of defeat. That
1: it, never happens that way. Yeah, never. Never. Yeah, Always. <laughs> Oh, this is going to be a long show.
0: <laughs> Sit back and get
1: comfortable.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this is going to take a while. It's like I missed one meeting. I always miss a meeting. It's, a, it's just always been that way. A and kid
1: it, misbehaves once in class and they're, they're just, they're always misbehaving.
0: That's right. Yeah. Throw them out. On the communication highway in marriage, as an example, that's one of the reasons why we want to be real careful when we use the word always. All right. So see, you, you turn it into a marriage highway thing. Can you imagine that? Well, a
1: communication with ourselves is just as important. I mean, it sets the groundwork for how we communicate with others. That's true. So that kind of makes sense.
0: Well, how can you have a healthy communication highway in a relationship, and certainly in marriage, if it doesn't come from inside of you? So what I'm hearing you say... <laughs> voice Did I God. do that right? <laughs>
1: yes. What I'm hearing you say is... There needs to be a communication highway within ourselves that has to be healthy so that we have a healthy communication highway with our spouse or with others. That's true. In Scripture clearly points that to be true. All right. So we're going through the ways that we twist our thinking in our heads, and it kind of is the thing that gives the enemy the attacking point in the battlefield of the mind. Absolutely. Going back to our first Peter 5.8. So all or nothing thinking, overgeneralization,
0: and then number three, the mental filter. Well, Scott, you dwell on the negatives and ignore the positives. All right, got to circle that one. Okay, Scott's got one we're going to be there, treating there's, next there's, week. Oh, trust me, there are three. <laughs> there, there are three.
1: I had circled two, so there's the third one.
0: Well, we've only, Scott, we've only done three so far. You're, you're
1: three for three. Oh, no. The other two are still coming. Oh, okay. The other uh, the other two are wow. still coming. Interesting. So this mental filter yeah. is the person that is always saying, well, I didn't do good on the history test
0: last week. I'm not going to do good on it this week. Well, Is I, that the idea? If you dwell on the negative, yeah. I didn't do well. And then what he's not saying is he aced four other exams, but this is the one that I, I, I messed up. And by George, I'm always going to mess it up. Uh, and, and you ignore the fact. It's like you focus on the negative and not the positive. It's interesting. One principle or law in physics, as I am told, is that what you focus on, Grows. Yeah, what you fertilize, grow. Yeah, that makes sense. So if you focus on the negative, it will grow. If you focus on the positive, it will grow. More reason why the celebration of success, we got it Oh, see,
1: there you go. Good job.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Even more so why the celebration of success is so important is because it, 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 using your term, fertilizes more healthy feeling inside and healthier thinking.
1: And I guess I had never really just... I've already learned something in these first three. The The idea that having that, that communication healthy within ourselves is what leads to communication outside with others. Right. So if we have that problem within ourselves, well, no wonder I can't communicate with my
0: wife. Well, it's true. And so, again, I, I am a strong advocate of the fruit of the Spirit as evidence... There's a Holy Spirit indwells us. Should be what's coming out of us and people experience. Some of the fog is
1: actually clearing already this morning. Awesome. That's good to hear. Now, (laughs) let's focus on that. All right, let's focus on that and move on to the next one I circled.
0: Okay. (laughs) Discounting the positives. This is the, I look at this as the
1: glass half empty person,
0: which is me. Well, you insist that your accomplishments or positive qualities don't count. Yeah, so you downplay them. What happens when you downplay them like that in terms of how you feel? And again, we've talked about in, in marriage therapy, as an example, the emotional bank accounts. That's true in marriage because we have them. Each of us have them. But that bank account, that emotional bank account is still there when we're not necessarily on the communication highway. It's a, it's As we interface with life, it's there. Are we going to... Allow that deposit. Are we going to record that deposit, that positive in our emotional bank account? See, you're
1: making sense, Tom. (laughs) It's getting there. All right, number five. Jumping to conclusions. Oh, boy, we've got an A and a B under this one. This is a biggie.
0: Mind reading, you assume that people are reacting negatively to you when there's no definite evidence for this. You know, I call that in session the mental chess game. And it goes on in your head. I know if I say this, she's going to say that. I don't like that because she'll react like this. So I'm not going to say that. And it all goes on in your head and nothing ever comes out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, there's a lot more going on in your head than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I got my laps in today, Scott. I've got You're rolling already. You've got things mm. jumping on all cylinders. And so B, fortune telling. You... Arbitrarily predict things will turn out badly. Ah, geez, i got to circle another one. <laughs> well, and so when you do that, it, it essentially what we would call a self-fulfilling prophecy can take place. Then you look for evidence to say, see, I told you.
1: Evidence to support your conclusion. Yeah. When you probably caused the things that caused your conclusion to be the way it was because of the way you thought about it. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, something like that. Yeah, I think that works somewhere in there. That that is probably I, if I think about it, that is probably one of my wife's biggest. I don't want to say criticisms, but one of the things that challenges her the most about me <laughs> is what is is that I tend to to do that. I will instantly project the negative.
0: Oh, sure. Well, right.
1: I'm, I'm going to be here all week doing this. There's no way it can work, and then I go about setting it to make sure it happens that way. Well, true, and then look at how you feel.
0: Oh, I feel like garbage. No, wait a minute. Did you hear that? <laughs> I heard you say, You feel well, like the computer squeaking again? <laughs> well, it's, it's squeaking, but you're going to feel like garbage.
1: Yeah. There's a correlation here, Scott. <laughs> there, there's a relation that you're starting
0: to see. <laughs> and so, if you're going to predict that, then that self-fulfilling prophecy is likely going to, we're going to find a way to make that happen.
1: So in the communication highway of me, basically what I'm doing is I'm throwing a roadblock up in front of myself right? and then wondering why I have the roadblock in front of myself.
0: Which is true. And if we look at that, you know, if you were talking to a counselor, Scott, they might ask you, <laughs> how does that make you feel? There's a feeling associated with that right. that, that probably facilitates and fuels the negative prediction.
1: I'm hoping that as you're listening today, maybe you can relate with me a little bit. This can't be. This isn't just me. That's true. Am I am I trying to do something weird here too by making sure I'm not the only one
0: that feels this way? Well, you, I tell you what, you're normalizing this for a whole lot of people right Is that now. Down Scott? here somewhere else. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> normalizing can be a good thing. Okay. All right. all right. All right. So
1: we have all or nothing thinking, overgeneralization, a mental filter, discounting the positives. Jumping to conclusions, and number six, magnification or minimization. Oh, these are big. Okay. Or else they're really small. (laughs) Well, let's shrink it down to size that we can fit in the show here.
0: (laughs) All right. I'll blow it up here, Scott. (laughs) You blow things way out of proportion, or you shrink their importance to a point of inappropriately uh, small. And what's, what's really important about that is that typically... A person who has some form of success will minimize it. Oh, it was no big deal. Oh, yeah, I got promoted. Well, whatever. What's next? What, you know, yeah. what are we having for dinner? <laughs> yeah, and, and they, they, they minimize it for some reason. One of the components, this gets interesting when we magnify things, that certain levels of anxiety, when it gets high enough, one of the symptoms of it is it catastrophizes things and therefore it gets bigger? That's really a word. No, I said, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> see. I didn't just go to Ohio State, Scott. Sure. <laughs> I also went to Ashland. It catastrophizes. I like it though. Oh, yeah. sure. well, it what makes a catastrophe for okay. those who want to hear it that way out of things? Oh, folks, you should have seen the look I got from Scott. It was like the deer in the headlights. <laughs> What
1: I was running, I was running through my Scrabble dictionary trying to figure that one out.
0: <laughs> oh, now
1: you've got a new one for Scrabble. <laughs> there we go. That a new one for the wall of uh, weird sayings that we have here. Yeah, magnification or minimization. Okay, so blowing things either way out of proportion or really underplaying it. But isn't that
0: is that just humility to its opposite extremes? Well, it can be. People would say that. I don't want to be praised. I or, or right pat it on the back I want it you know do it unto the Lord and and that's great but here's a platform here's an opportunity to glorify the Lord and whatever success you've you've had we can praise him for what's happened and give him the honor and glory and say thanks and to me that appears to be healthy that's what I had to start figuring
1: out once i got into radio mm-hmm. because radio is the one of the biggest ego businesses on the planet
0: no kidding
1: i mean there are more big egos in this business than you're going to find with possible exception of in music itself and people will come up to me and you know i'll be at a concert i'll be in an event or, you've just got this great radio voice Scott. i just really love listening to you well and my response is always well yeah thanks and what i've converted that to is well god did that with god's done that with me and i'm just Thankful to be able to share it I think that sounds good and by the way they're right you have a great radio voice Scott <laughs> now the see, the look Tom's getting now is a yeah okay let's move on <laughs>
0: <laughs> no let's have soak in a minute oh <laughs>
1: well the other and the other story the other story I tell is that I that it's because of my little sister when I was really little my sister and I yelled a lot and uh-huh. I yelled at her constantly we just fought like cats and dogs right And the doctor told my mom, you have got to stop Scott from yelling at his sister. He's developing a burr on his vocal cords, and it's going to hurt him down the line. Well, what it meant was my voice changed before other boys, and this started, and it's what led me toward doing radio. How about that? So it's what God used. How about that? He was present even in Even even in yelling at Lorraine. Yeah. (laughs) So I actually have to thank her <laughs> i can tell it really. we'll talk about sibling rivalry sometime yeah. this summer too all right let's see here number seven emotional reasoning
0: so you reason how you feel so i i feel like any so i m- must really be one or i don't feel like doing this so i'll put it off well well putting it off definitely i i probably i should wait a minute, i'll circle that yeah you'll but I'll do that tomorrow. <laughs> I'll get to it when we get done here, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, how
1: often does that happen on Sunday afternoon, though? Yeah, You're nice and comfortable. You just had dinner on Sunday after church. Right. And the Sunday afternoon nap is calling, but you know you got to cut the lawn. Yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. I was glad I had a three-day weekend because that's exactly what happened. Oh, really? <laughs> I put, put it off up... to Monday. Hey, there you go. <laughs> so with this reasoning thing really is kind of – it almost sounds like a math equation. If A, then B. There, right. There's no way around it. If the if this is
0: how I feel, then this has got to be the reality. And that goes back. It's kind of a addition to the all or nothing thinking. Right. It, that shows how they're related. Well, our minds are so interrelated with so many different thoughts and feelings that that's possible. I'm kind of seeing that as we look through these. It, it just kind of feels like
1: one spins off of the other or it it almost seems like a corollary of another one. They could kind of work together or alongside each other in different extremes, depending on the person. True. I want to go back to, I feel like an idiot. (laughs) Okay, is this this confession time, Tom? Do we need, how does that make you feel?
0: Like an idiot, Scott. (laughs) And so what's important about that is it's really a coping mechanism. When that comment is made, I feel like an idiot. They're coping with something that maybe didn't turn out the way they had wanted. Lack of confidence. Yeah. And so if if that's the case, they're attaching those feelings to the person. And, and some people really struggle with this, Scott. But it's so powerful if we can do it. It's a step toward health. If we can separate the person from the feelings or the feelings from the person. Yeah, I'm thinking about like somebody that is uh, uh, not very
1: mechanical can't fix a lawnmower to save their life. Okay, working on their car. You, no, you've been talking to Kathy. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just thinking of the you know the easy things. You know how many lawnmowers get sold uh-huh. because one thing went wrong on the lo- on the one they have and they just they have no confidence or no they don't think they have any ability to do it. They're too stupid to handle it. Right. So they just go buy a new
0: lawnmower. And they might say, I am stupid because I don't know how to do it. Instead, if we separate the feelings from the person, you know, I feel defeated because I can't. I feel uh, frustrated. You know what? You're allowed to be frustrated. You're allowed to feel those feelings. God created us with feelings so that we would turn those feelings toward him. But because of the garden and it's a fallen and damaged world, not all feelings are what we would hope them to be Mm. so what you've now just said
1: (laughs) that (laughs) boy so what i'm hearing now is when these feelings come up of i am an absolute idiot i can't fix the lawnmower should instead be lord i can't fix the lawnmower what do i help me help me with my frustration well what a great idea
0: to be able to, to say i'm very frustrated because i can't fix it it's very frustrating well, heaven forbid, one of my power tools like that quit. I won't. Oh, yeah. I, I. Who do I know? I can come over here and fix this. <laughs> I better do something
1: before I throw it through a wall. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be another whole— Well, this. there's a whole other thing to fix. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now we move on to number eight, should statements. Should we talk about this? <laughs> well, maybe we can put it off, Scott. Uh.
0: I don't feel like doing this. Let's wait till next week. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Well, so, you end up criticizing yourself or other people with shoulds or shouldn'ts, musts, oughts, have tos, are similar offenders. And so, what happens there? That's how we end up finding a way to blame ourselves.
1: So, this is the husband and wife having a conversation. Husband doesn't want to talk about it and says, Do we have to talk about this now? So we've we've,
0: we've successfully put it off. Okay. An example, let's do another example. I should have done it this way, or we should have talked, or we should have done something different. We should have gone to counseling. Yeah. And so they have to, like you say, do we have to do it it now? In the odds, you ought to whatever. On the communication highway, in a relationship, when you start out a sentence— with the word "ought," you have a problem coming. It's like an invitation, a subtle invitation to an argument.
1: I can hear this happening with parents and teenagers,
0: right, all the time. You ought to go do your homework. Oh, right. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. So now, yeah, now we have a power struggle starting. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it relates to this goes clear back into my residency and in my internship when I learned. You don't say they need to or you need to. And not what, good. what is the correct way to say that then? Well, there isn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just no. don't say it. <laughs> yeah. So what you would say is you might want to think about it appears as though this might be good if you buy into it. And so, I was thinking what if you did and present,
1: the op- present an option. I hear my daughter do that with my granddaughter all the time. Right. Well, now, what would happen if you did this instead of this?
0: That's when we, in a parenting role, I think this is really great, become more of a facilitator than a heavy. That clears that for me a little bit. Good. All right. Here's the other one I circled, Tom. All right. Labeling. Well, that's good that you circled it. <laughs> so this is a label <laughs> anyway. You identify with shortcomings instead of saying i made a mistake you tell yourself i'm a jerk or a fool or a loser i think this is really powerful i'm not so sure that any negative uh, label in life would be appropriate or good and and i might get some static about this part of it and i guess that's okay remember it's Scott at Shine <laughs> you know?
1: Scott at ShineFMOhio.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That there may be untruth in a relationship that happens. If you come out and call that person in the relationship a liar, you've labeled them. So when you label them, now all of a sudden, that's like part of their identity. And they might buy into it and think it for them. I'm a
1: liar. See, now, this, this is all the rage in today's culture that right. we're in. There's a lot of conversation about labels. You're a bigot. You're a racist. Yeah. You're uh-huh. this. You're that. This is one we've got it that we need to be careful of. Right. So what what's the solution to get at the risk of jumping ahead into what we're going to talk about next week? Right. How do we get around
0: that labeling? Well, let's let's recognize it. One of the things we're going to see next week and elaborate more on, is being honest with ourselves, and truthful, and in a loving way, be accountable. So, when I say, as an example, I am a jerk. Well, what happened that caused you to call yourself a jerk? Well, how did it make you feel? Well, you know, I was pretty upset. Oh, well, if you call yourself a jerk how's it how's that heal or fix anything how's that cure or or impact the anchor how
1: does it resolve the problem
0: yeah it just continues to grow so we've gone through nine of the
1: ten wow we're gonna get there number 10 oh my so we've talked about all or nothing thinking over generalization mental filters discounting the positives jumping to conclusions magnification or minimization. Why do I feel like we're talking about conversation with the teenagers? (laughs) Emotional reasoning, should statements, labeling, and finally, number 10, personalization and blame. Well, Scott, if you
0: do those, you blame yourself for something you weren't entirely responsible for, or you blame other people and overlook ways that your own attitude and behavior might contribute to a problem. So even if you blame yourself, I think that of the nine prior distortions, a number of them find a variety or a more creative way of blaming ourselves. As an example, some would say, well, if I blame myself, nobody else gets hurt. Yeah, okay, maybe. However, somebody still gets hurt. That happens to be you. You hurt yourself. So when we talk about blame, and I think we've talked about it in in prior shows, that blame does two primary things for one it keeps the fuels of anger alive and number two it shifts responsibility if i blame somebody else i can stay angry until that person takes responsibility and and fixes it well how is that biblically
1: Let not the sun go down on your wrath, I believe is the King James way it was said.
0: That's right. That's right. That would have been right around Paul's writings in Ephesians 4. What I kind of hear you saying, Tom, is that number
1: 10 here is kind of like the root root of it, and all the rest of this are just creative ways of doing that.
0: Yeah. uh, To a degree, in most of them, I think that's true. So these are the
1: checklist of cognitive distortions or the ways we twist our thinking in this is not healthy so we need to say that right now it's not healthy time doesn't allow us to continue to move on to the ways to fix it right we will do that next week and maybe the week after knowing (laughs) you and i uh, i will have the show notes up on the podcast network at shinefmohio.com so you can look back through all of this And maybe even peek ahead a little bit and see the 10 ways to untwist your thinking as we look at next week's show. So, Tom, I know we have uncovered some new material maybe, or maybe someone listening today is saying, wow, you know what, number four, number nine were really me. First of all, make sure you're with us next time or wait for the next podcast to launch on the podcast network right. so that you can follow along. But if someone wants to find out more about you and maybe pursue getting with you and finding out more about uh, how you operate at Heritage, uh, how can they get a hold of you? Well, Scott, I can reach it dot com. And uh, next week, we'll tackle the ways to untwist your twisted thinking so the pretzel no longer looks like a pretzel (laughs) thanks for joining us today for the session